the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. He's already told them about the severe persecution that's coming upon them. But in his next statement, he informs them of how really horrible and bad things are going to be. As Jesus was delivering this Olivet Discourse to his disciples, I'm sure they were dumbfounded at such a prediction of persecution and destruction. They had been anticipating Jesus setting up his kingdom while they were still alive. It was a great disappointment to them to learn of the destruction of their house of worship. However, after the resurrection, they understood and were completely sold out to serving their risen Lord and Savior. Our verse-by-verse class today is the concluding part of Pastor Steve's message on the abomination and desolation. In our study, we will see how severe the persecution will get during the seven-year period known as the Great Tribulation. Pastor Steve Kreloff is continuing his in-depth study into the Olivet Discourse in Matthew 24. Verse by Verse comes to you from Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Steve Kreloff has been pastor there for over 30 years. His method of teaching verse by verse through the Bible has been a great help and blessing to many people. Our website, versebyverseradio.org, has many messages on many topics available for free downloading or streaming. Please take advantage of these valuable resources. Now with our study, here is Pastor Steve. Now apparently the Antichrist will begin his rise to power as the world's supreme leader by ruling over a federation of nations in Western Europe, the old Roman Empire. And he'll offer Israel, apparently, European protection for the opportunity to get his presence felt in the Middle East. Now, if it's not exactly that, it'll be something like that. But in the middle of this seven-year period of peace, we're told that he will break his treaty. He'll break his covenant. And according to what Daniel tells us, he will force Israel to cease from offering sacrifices in their rebuilt temple. So there will be a rebuilt temple because they only have sacrifices in the temple. When will that be built? I don't know. It'll be sometime prior to the tribulation. It could start tomorrow if world events were right. It doesn't have to start after the rapture. It could be before. But there will be a rebuilt temple. The Jewish people will begin to offer sacrifices there again. But he will stop it at the midway point of the tribulation Period. And then he will do something so detestable that it will cause the Jewish people to forsake the temple and make it desolate. Their own temple that they love, they will abandon. So what is this detestable thing that's going to take place? Well, you know what? Daniel, he didn't say what it was. He just mentioned it as a fact. And Jesus here in Matthew 24, he didn't say what it was either. However, Several years after Jesus gave the Olivet Discourse, the Holy Spirit revealed through the Apostle Paul what the abomination of desolation was. He revealed it through Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. I would encourage you to look at it. 
Second Thessalonians chapter two, starting in verse three, we read this. Paul said, let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first. And the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction. Now, Paul refers to Antichrist as the son of destruction, as well as the lawless one or the man of lawlessness. And here's what this man will do. This is the abomination of desolation. Verse four, who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. That's it. That's what he'll do. Paul teaches that the Antichrist, the man of lawlessness, the son of destruction, is going to sit down on a throne in the temple in Jerusalem, declaring himself to be God and demand to be worshipped. And if you look at Second Thessalonians again, one of the ways he will persuade people to worship him is through the miracles that he'll be able to do. Notice verses 9 and 10. That is, the one whose coming is in accord with the activity of Satan, with all power and signs and false wonders, and with all the deception of wickedness for those who perish. Revelation 13 also tells us that there will be another man, the right-hand helper to the Antichrist, known as the false prophet, who will also have power to persuade people through miracles to believe that Antichrist is God. It says in Revelation 13 that this false prophet will somehow enable an image of the Antichrist to speak. And those who do not worship the beast, the Antichrist, as God, somehow this image will cause the deaths of those who refuse to worship him. Revelation 13, verse 8, tells us that those who dwell on the earth are going to worship him. He'll persuade them through signs and and miracles. Folks, that's the abomination of desolation. This is the ultimate abomination that Jesus said would cause the temple to become desolate. Because even though at that point in the tribulation, Israel as a nation will not yet believe in Jesus as Messiah, Many Jewish people will, but not as a nation yet. The nation, though, will absolutely refuse to worship a man. Even in her unsaved condition, Israel will still know that worshiping a man is the height of idolatry. And she will say, absolutely not. She won't do it. And so when the Jewish nation refuses to acknowledge the Antichrist as God, then it is at that point halfway into the tribulation period, that this man of lawlessness will then vent his anger upon them, and especially upon Jewish Christians who will be the most outspoken critics of Antichrist, and he will begin to persecute them by making it a crime to believe in any God other than himself. Now, if you look back, At Matthew 24, you'll see the the point that Jesus was making in bringing up this abomination that makes the temple desolate to his disciples. Notice at the end of verse 15, the last phrase, we read this in parentheses. Let the reader understand. 
Let the reader understand. See, the reason Jesus mentioned the abomination of desolation here in Matthew 24 is so that those who would read the prophecy of Daniel many years later, as well as reading his words in Matthew 24, would be aware that when this event took place, this persecution by Antichrist will soon begin. And in knowing this, they'll understand that it is time to leave Jerusalem as quickly as possible. He is saying this for the sake of those who will be living during the tribulation times. Let the reader of Daniel during the tribulation understand and the reader who's reading Matthew 24. Let him understand. In other words, when those of you living during this time period see this man take his seat in the temple in Jerusalem and claim to be God, then you'll understand that this is what Daniel predicted would happen. And then by following my instructions, you'll know exactly what you'll need to do in getting out of there as fast as you can. That is precisely, folks, why Jesus proceeded in the next few verses to tell those who would be alive at that time and living closest to the temple area in Judea and Jerusalem, therefore in the most immediate danger to leave as quickly as possible. Look at verse 16. Then those who are in Judea must flee to the mountains. In other words, run for safety. Run for safety by seeking refuge in the mountains. What mountains was Jesus referring to? I don't know. He didn't say. Could be any number of mountainous areas in that general region. It could be the, um, the hills of Judea, maybe the cliffs around the Dead Seas. There, there are plenty of caves they could hide in there. Perhaps the hills of Moab and Edom in modern day Jordan. But regardless of which mountainous area he was referring to, the point that he was making here is that when you see this happen, people, it's time to move out quickly. You see, this time will be so dangerous that Jesus continues telling the people that they need to immediately get out of the area, regardless of what they are doing at the time when news breaks of the beast. And his claim to be God. And so he says in verse 17, whoever is on the housetop must not go down to get the things that are in his house. You see, in Christ's time, houses in Israel had flat roofs where family members would would go up there and, and just relax. It was a very nice area to relax upon. So what the Lord is saying here is that if you are on your rooftop at the time that you hear the Antichrist has started the abomination of desolation, then get out of there as soon as you can. Don't even take the time to go back down into your house and pack. Leave your belongings there. Just run for your lives. But some may not be home when word reaches them about the abomination. Some might still be at work when they hear the news. So Jesus proceeds to tell them, if they're working, especially on their farms, what to do. He says in verse 18, Whoever is in the field must not turn back to get his cloak. In other words, if you're still working in your field, when you hear about the Antichrist sitting in the temple claiming to be deity, don't take the time to go to your house and get your coat. Don't even go if it's hanging up on the other side of the the field. Just get out. Run for your life. That's how serious it is. So the Lord has told those living closest to the temple Leave as quickly as as you can, regardless of where you are, regardless of what you're doing, because you're in the most immediate danger of being captured and killed. But he also recognizes that the ones who will have the hardest time fleeing and traveling at that time will be 
pregnant women and nursing mothers. And so out of a heart of deep compassion, Jesus addresses them in the next verse, verse 19. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. The Lord knows that these women will have the toughest time fleeing because they just won't be able to move quickly. And therefore, they will be in the greater risk. They'll be at a greater risk of being caught and killed. But the Lord also recognizes that travel could be difficult and challenging for everyone in Israel at that time. If the weather is bad or if people need to flee on a Saturday, which is the Sabbath day of rest. So he says in verse 20. But pray that your flight will not be in the winter or on a Sabbath. What does he mean by this? Winter in Israel means the rainy season. And with the rainy season, there'll be streams that'll be swollen and and flood, and it could slow and would slow down travel. So it would be very tough to travel in winter more more than any other time of the year. And traveling on the Sabbath will be difficult too, because some ultra-Orthodox religious Jewish people will not do it. They won't travel on the Sabbath. They would rather risk their lives because they feel that traveling is work and the Sabbath day is a day of rest, so they will not travel. And they say, well, big deal. If they want to stay, then they'll stay, but the others can leave. Yeah, but if you've ever been in Israel, you know that the um, ultra-Orthodox Jewish people don't just believe in themselves observing the Sabbath, they want to impose it on everybody, everybody else. And so they will actually try to hinder others from fleeing. That's just their their mindset. Anybody who dares to drive a car on the Sabbath in their neighborhood will have stones thrown at it. That's just a fact of life in Israel. So long before the abomination actually takes place, Jesus has left some very strong warnings and instructions to the Jewish people who will be alive during that time period, that when they hear that Antichrist has declared himself to be God, they are to get out of Jerusalem and Judea as quickly as possible. But having said this, now the Lord is about to tell them the reason why such haste will be necessary. He's already told them about the severe persecution that's coming upon them, but in his next statement, he informs them of how really horrible And bad things are going to be. Verse 21. For then there will be great tribulation. Notice, not even tribulation. Now it's great tribulation, such as has not occurred since the beginning of the world, nor ever will be. The Lord reveals that the time of this abomination that makes the temple desolate until his return to earth, which will be the second half of the tribulation period, three and a half years, it'll be a time of un paralleled suffering and tribulation for Israel, for believers in Christ, and for the world. See, the first three and a half years are going to be tough, but they're just birth pangs. They're just the beginning of birth pangs. The last three and a half years will be great tribulation, worse than the first. So in spite of the hopes of our tour guide in Israel and many others that the best days of Israel are ahead of her, the truth is, as Jesus said, that regardless of the Horrific suffering that Israel has already endured, it's only going to get worse as she will experience the nightmare of the great tribulation. Now, how do you apply a passage like this? This this can be challenging. What principles 
are in this study of the abomination of desolation that, that we can get hold of and say, this is how I can learn. This is how I can put something into effect in terms of my thinking. There are two things that stand out in my mind. These verses reveal a very important truth about God's sovereignty and how he fulfills his purposes. In reading about the persecution that will come as a result of believers who will refuse to worship the Antichrist as God, we learn an important truth about how God gets the gospel out. Oftentimes, during the most horrible of days, God gets his word out in spite of evil being done. He uses the very evil of men to propagate the gospel. This is a timeless principle found in Scripture. It'll happen in the tribulation. It has already happened in biblical history. For example, Joseph sold into slavery by his wicked brothers. Some of them wanted him killed. Others persuaded the other brothers, no, let's just sell him into slavery. God providentially works it out that Joseph goes down into Egypt. He becomes the prime minister of Egypt. God raises him up at a unique time in Israel's history, right at the beginning of her history, to save them from starvation. There was a famine throughout the world. Had Joseph not been the prime minister of Egypt at the time, Israel would have died off. And so Joseph says to his wicked brothers after he reveals himself to them, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. God used your evil to accomplish the good of preserving the people and thus the integrity of God's promises to Israel. The Lord used the evil of Judas Iscariot, nothing more wicked than what Judas did in betraying Christ. And yet, that's what God used to accomplish the greatest event in history, the death of our Lord as, as the substitute for our sins. But it was the wickedness of Judas that God used, the wickedness of Rome, the wickedness of the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees. The wickedness of men accomplished the great plan of God. And he will use the evil of the Antichrist to get the gospel out to so many people. The Lord does this and the Lord has done this in the past. He continues to do this. The Lord still allows evil to come into our lives in order to accomplish his purpose. You may be experiencing evil right now. You may be the victim of some evil. Maybe in your past you've been. Understand that God is still on his throne. Don't despair as if evil has had the sway of the day. God has allowed this to happen for a reason. The question is, how will you respond to it? That's what James 1 is all about when James says that if you're going through a trial, ask God for wisdom. He gives it wisdom to know what lessons he has for you. Don't despair. Trust the Lord that he is using this evil to mold and shape your character to be more like Christ. How does evil do this? So many ways. You learn so many virtues of character that come from Christ. You learn to forgive. You learn to forgive the person who has sinned against you. Even as Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And he's forgiven us. You learn unconditional love. You learn to love the unlovely and to return good for evil. You learn compassion on others who are 
suffering as well, that it's not simply you. You didn't realize the pain that others were going through until you had that pain. Listen, there are many other Christ-like virtues that God teaches us through evil being inflicted upon us. But God has a purpose for it. Second application from this passage is that God is so merciful as to give people the opportunity to be saved, even though they don't deserve it. We see this, that there'll be many people living at the time of the tribulation who will have heard about Christ before, but they will still reject him at that time. However, during the tribulation, God is going to give them more opportunities to accept him. How merciful. How merciful. God is going to allow them, allow them to hear the gospel either from a Jewish Christian evangelist, a persecuted believer, two special witnesses, or an angel flying through the skies proclaiming it. What, what an amazing, merciful statement this is by our Lord. They will hear the message of salvation and they will have the opportunity to repent and believe. Listen, I, I want you to know that God is a God of second chances. He's a God of third chances, fourth chances. But at some point, those opportunities cease. If you've never trusted Christ, consider that today is an expression of God's mercy in your life. Because he has allowed you to hear the word of God. You may have rejected Christ many, many times. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Trust Christ for the forgiveness of sins. Trust him alone without anything having to do with your good works, your religious deeds, your church affiliation, your baptism. It is Christ and his death on the cross. Alone, you trust him. If you hear him speaking to you about your need for salvation, then come to him today and don't delay. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for teaching us. Even though there is sadness in our hearts to know that these days are really going to come and these days are going to be so horrific, so terrible. Lord, in spite of that, we know that this is what you will use to accomplish your will. And we pray that in the midst of seeing these truths, that our eyes will be upon you and will not despair because we know that ultimately in the end you win. You conquer, you come back, and your will will be done. I pray, Lord, for those who are enduring their, their own pains today, evil being inflicted upon them. I pray that you'll give them grace and encouragement to respond properly to see that you cause all things to work together for your glory and their good. I pray that they will see the Christ-like image that you are building into their lives and that life will be not, not around about their pain so much as about becoming more like you. May you give them joy in the midst of their suffering. And Lord, for those who have never trusted you, I pray that you will open their hearts to the gospel of grace and they'll stop rejecting you and they will repent of their sins and trust the Savior. And it's in his name we pray. God is indeed merciful, even in his judgment of a sinful, fallen human race. Every person left on earth after the rapture will have the gospel preached to them. Many will accept God's offer of forgiveness and trust in Jesus Christ as Savior. Many others will hear the same message of God's love, but will reject it. It would be so much easier for you to trust in Jesus right now while there is time. 
Once the rapture happens and the tribulation begins, you may just be deceived into believing the lies that Satan will deliver. Thank you for joining our class today. Verse by Verse is an outreach ministry of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. You may contact us at versebyverseradio.org by calling 727-239-0306 or by letter at Verse by Verse Ministries, P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. That phone number again is 727-239-0306. Our website is versebyverseradio.org and our mailing address is P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. I'm your announcer, Jerry Pruden. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's versebyverseradio.org. A recent trip for groceries took my wife down by the Westfield Mall, Andrew Southwick with you. And the way my wife describes it, the entire block around the mall, including the whole parking lot, were full, and it took her over an hour just to drive past the mall. You can tell just by that little traffic jam how much we value the things that are kept there at the mall. Job 28 says that one of the reasons true wisdom is so hard to come by. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.